0: Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, negative inspiration for a bigger, badder, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance and a fancy SVP title, I left corporate America to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the boardroom, and the marketplace. Now the CEO of my own media company, my goal is to change the world for my daughter and her friends. My first book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, dropped late 2018 and is based on what women wish they would have known when they were girls. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a safe place for us to share our goals and our dreams for the future. We record every week from the sound studio at The Space LV. Jenna Monaco believes we should remove shame around mental health and is unabashedly tackling that topic head on. As the adult child of an alcoholic, Jenna battled with her own father's mental health and addiction for the better part of his life. After he passed from organ failure, Jenna suddenly found herself dealing with panic attacks and anxiety. This is where her own self-discovery, healing, and advocacy was born. Jenna Monaco is a stress management mentor for women, self-development writer, and the podcast host of Spark Intention after years of personal work on her own mental health and witnessing the benefits of self-healing jenna has dedicated her life to helping others uncover their life's mission and guide them through their own healing journey today jenna and i discuss self-awareness how to listen to our bodies tools for anxiety management and the importance of forgiveness let's dig in i am so excited to have on gold today jenna monaco jenna thank you for joining me
1: oh my gosh thank you so much for having me
0: I am very excited to talk to you today because I stumbled across your platform and it kind of hit me in the the heart and I love your bravery around the conversation of mental health and um, as someone who struggles with anxiety myself, I love the kind of the the bravery and the openness of discussing um, how to tackle that and I wanted to kind of dig in a little bit deeper because you had written something that really struck me. Um, about kind of a history with this topic. And I was hoping you could kind of share what brought you to where we are today, where you're an advocate for this discussion.
1: Sure, sure. Um, First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and honored to be here. And this road of mental health and stress and anxiety came to a head when I was about 23. And then I'll backtrack. But when I was 23, My father passed away um, from organ failure because he was an alcoholic. And when I turned 24, about two or three months later, I was waking up in the middle of the night, every single night, unable to breathe and getting really sick to my stomach. And I was like shaking and quivering. And so I, I thought something was really wrong with me. And I went to the doctors and nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. Everything, all all the blood tests always came out fine. Um, and I I got so many different opinions and nobody could find anything. So it wasn't until I had read a book where the character was having panic attacks that I, I was having the same symptoms. And I was like, Oh my gosh, they're panic attacks. Like, of course. But the thing was that I, my life had really settled down. Like, Leading up to my father's death was really tumultuous and traumatic time. But after that, life was like really settled. And so I never associated what was going on with me with stress or anxiety because there was nothing to stress about. Mm. I, so I thought, right. <laughs> and what had really happened was those years and years of trauma. Child- trauma and suppression. While I was working through them, thank God I had a therapist and I had the ability to to do that. There were so many layers to it that were unaddressed and that I had not and refused to look at for a long time until my body finally was like, "Hey girl, like <laughs> you can't ignore this anymore. I'm sick. You've made me sick." Um, and so kind of going back um i've had anxiety my whole life i just didn't know that's what it was and it was a very undiagnosed thing um but those waking up in the middle of the night panic attacks had struck me throughout my life around age 10 which is when my dad had started drinking more heavily and kind of diving into that deeper depression um and then in high school it hit me and then it went away and then it came back when i was about 24. and there's kind of two, there's like two prongs to why I t- address mental health and why I talk about it. First was my own journey with that panic attack and then talking to my friends and realizing that I didn't have a single friend that didn't suffer, I mean really suffer from anxiety. And I was like, what's going on? You know, where? why Why is this such a big topic in my inner circle but this isn't being addressed at a at a huge scale because it's an epidemic at this point. Um, and then there was the, also the other prong of it, of watching my dad struggle and really addressing head on the question of, wow, what could, w- would he still be here if there wasn't the shame around mental health, around addiction, With mm-hmm. there wasn't this trope to, or not trope, but like this stigma to like need help or this shame around, being an alcoholic. I think there's, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And thank God, it's starting to like, become more common to see addiction as a disease. Um, And I think that there's still this mentality of like, oh, they're just, it's a choice, like they're making and it's, it's just not the case. And there's so many deeper layers that are going on there. I, I don't know what my dad had, because he never got diagnosed, and he refused to, For that shame. But looking back now, I really think he had dyslexia. He was not a good reader, did not like to read. And when he did read, he would get tripped up. Um, I think that he definitely had ADD um, and he had anxiety, social anxiety for sure, um, because he would always drink more when he had to be in social settings and depression. Mm -hmm. And there's, I mean, it's just like, he, I feel like he just got this ball and he didn't know he had such a tender heart and he didn't know how to cope with anything and how, how to get help without feeling such shame around it. And so after all of that and coming through, I coming through my own anxiety journey, I was like, this is, this is too big not to talk about. I mean, one in three families no. suffer from having somebody in their family who has addiction. And all my life, all my life, I wish that I hadn't felt so isolated and alone. And to read that statistic at 25, 24, 25, and then also read a book, and it was The Adult Children of Alcoholics. And it was just, it's a book and it looks like it's self-published, like the cover's kind of cheesy, but that book changed my life because for the first time I felt seen and I felt understood. And if you're a child of addiction, you don't feel seen and you don't feel heard because it's all about the the addict, it's all about them. And there is no space, there is no room. And that's what it feels like at least it did for me. And in this book, I felt really connected to it because of that.
0: What's really interesting to me is like, there's a couple things that you said that I relate to so deeply. Like the idea that once your father passed, like all of the trauma and the fear and all of the things that had happened and the fight with addiction and mental health, you're like, those things are gone. So I should be happy and I should be great. And yeah. I re- I've had that experience too, where there's this like paradox where you're like, but everything is good. And you're like, but you're not actually dealing with things that most people are stressed about on a daily basis, <laughs> because you're like, this isn't nearly as bad as it used to be. Right. And so it's almost like you don't learn the correct coping mechanisms that are for everyday life. You learn how to cope with severe swings and severe trauma. So you come out without the right playbook. The adult children of alcoholics, like that actually helped me understand the psychology behind um, me, right? It helps me understand myself more than anything. And there's been this overarching trend on this podcast where so many people have said the first thing that clued them into something being wrong was their body. Yeah. It's so fascinating because like our body is holding all of this information. And Mm -hmm. if we don't have the tools and we don't have the languaging – something's going to happen to like kind of wake you up and it's just it, it keeps coming up that it's some kind of illness whether it's autoimmune it's anxiety attacks it's massive headaches it's something that's happening exhaustion um to say hey sister like we got to work on this yes
1: our bodies store so much energy and they store so so much and part of my anxiety management was learning how to listen to my body and through that intuitive eating and I had struggled for so long with body image body confidence I had an eating disorder in high school like I struggled so much with it and this journey has really taught me how to how to listen to my body like even to the point of when there's a pain in my shoulder. It's like, okay, where's that coming from? Like, what am I, Mm -hmm. what am I not addressing? (laughs) You know? And so it's a really help. Our bodies are always talking to us. Um, and it's just a matter of understanding its language and they all speak a little bit differently. I feel like all of our bodies have a little different dialect. Um, but yeah, I think you, you can't start addressing mental health without addressing all of the aspects of holistically what is health what is what is it you know and I think that it's this trifecta of your physical mental and emotional slash spiritual whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. self that is kind of an all-encompassing thing
0: yeah absolutely I, it's so funny I struggle with this yes. um I I I believe wholeheartedly that getting to know yourself and taking great care of yourself will help you in management of Mm -hmm. anxiety and management of depression. Um, I recently had someone get very upset with me because they felt that what I was talking about was very dangerous and Mm -hmm. that there are a lot of people who need medication. And, you know, I, I don't openly share that. My mother deals with bipolar disorder. And you know that married with her addiction um, created a lot of pain within our family and there are people who absolutely need to see a doctor and and have prescriptions and I will never judge anyone. I believe that medication and therapy and therapeutic um, avenues should be more readily available and accessible to people. Um, I think that there's this huge mental health epidemic. But I also feel, in the same token, it's it's like a personal kind of journey to what works for you. And for me, I think I wanted Sobelli to understand where I came from, my history, and understand all of the things I believed about myself. That my journey with my anxiety, and I was having panic attacks, and chest pains, and my heart would race. Um, I I started there would be periods of times where I would start to stutter. And I was like, I really need to understand what this is about. And I need to figure it out because I I want to, I also wanted to die to a cycle, I think. I think that that was very important to me that I really kind of, there had been some um, really abusive history. And I'm like, I have to uncover all of this and pull it all out and understand what this means. And this isn't just about my mom, it's not just about addiction. It's not about whatever, but it's also like who I am as an individual and how I see the world and then how I'm taking care of myself, mind, body, and soul. Um, what did When you first started kind of recognizing that you were having panic attacks, what was your first step? What was the first thing that you did?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. It was so interesting because the second I was able to identify what was going on with me, the panic attacks actually subsided a bit. Mm. Um, and, and I have this fear of being sick. Um, and I don't, I mean, we could get really woo-woo with it and say it was a past life or like, you know, it was some, like not fulfilling my soul's purpose or whatever, whatever. Um, I don't know what it is though. I don't know why, why I'm so afraid of it. I think the fear is really really is not uncovering um what what i meant to do Mm -hmm. here um but that's a side note the but what i really started doing was picking up more books on it um i'm a reader i i worked at a bookstore i still help out there sometimes um and so that's the first thing i did and then like I said, I had a therapist, so thank God, I, you know, I told her, um, and she she was able to recommend a few more books, um, and I think that's actually when she recommended The Adult Children of Alcohol, like, it was, like, after I had told her about the panic attacks, but um, I picked up more books, and what I stumbled across was self-worth, um, was... A huge factor in this process, forgiving myself, forgiving my dad for all of the abuse that contributed to my lack of self-worth. Um, and then really dedicating time to understanding the practice of breath work, understanding the practice of meditation, Um, and creating tools that would help me in the moment Mm -hmm. of anxiety. And so a lot of it had to do with counting and breath work and, um, creating a routine to ease myself into sleep because at least for me, like bedtime stunk because it was like, Oh, great. I know I'm going to wake up and I'm going to feel like I'm going to throw up again you know and so there was there almost became like anxiety more anxiety over the anxiety mm-hmm. um and so it was how do I how do I quiet my mind and something that came up for me was my when I was a really little girl I had a hard time going to sleep when I was a really little really really little when I'd stay with my grandmother she would tell this made-up story and she'd start the story and I'd have to you know, say the middle of it. And by the time we got to the ending, which she would finish off, I was like, passing out because she honed in on one focus. And so when I really thought about that, I was like, okay, if I can just focus on one thought, or I can focus on one storyline. And so for a long time, I actually would tell myself a story like a made up story until I drifted to sleep. Um, and now, now I'm okay because, you know, I don't wake up in the middle of the night. And if I do, I know what it is. And I have my breath of work te- techniques and tools and I'm really able to talk myself down so much quicker. I think there was a post I did about six months ago where I, oh, and I got a heart rate monitor that really helped too, mm-hmm. because when you feel like your heart is racing, it actually is, you know? And so for me it really helped to monitor and look at it and see, okay, here's this inhale and exhale has dropped my heart rate, you know, two two beats or whatever. Um, and that really helped visually, like, okay, I, I am visually calming myself down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so it took me, you know, ten minutes where it would take me three hours before. So so there's these tools that I learned. Um pretty immediately to just kind of like help myself in the moment and then I could work on you know in my conscious because everything's happening subconsciously you know where brains are like we think we're being under attack Um, and so consciously in the daytime I I would start to really weed through the trauma and weed through like what is going on and why am I feeling this way And being in your 20s is a stressful time, you know, like, there's so much, it's not just the trauma, like you said, like, we have a toolkit to like, address really heavy stuff. But then the day to day, it's like, I've never faced this, because I was so busy just trying to survive. Um, And so that's, that's what I focused on my day to day.
0: Yeah. I actually, it's so funny. So I have my Apple watch on right now. (laughs) I keep track of my heart rate Um, because I've been really stressed out lately and I started having chest pains again. I'm like, here we go. You know, like this is, this is my experience. And sometimes when things are stressful, it's hard to meditate. And so that's when I like Mm -hmm. focus on my breath work and, and paying attention to that and realizing sometimes there's going to be moments that are just intrinsically more, more triggering or mm-hmm. stressful especially if you've got a big event or a big transition on the horizon that may trigger old stories of worth or old stories of whatever a lot of times like you can pull out all these old things and mm-hmm. think that you've worked through them and there's going to be a new trigger <laughs> there's going to be a yeah. new something that shows up and you're like I had no idea that bothered me um, so that's been really interesting for me and it's almost like I it was really I, I work with a developer and he was telling me that he considers his body like his it's like it's meat. And he programs the meat. <laughs> he was like, I kind of look at my my body as like an experiment. It's like mental health. It's like a meat computer. And I basically, I'm coding it for optimum and kind of understanding and like, okay, well, I feel weird today. Well, what is that? Let me help me or let me help kind of guide myself back to the answers rather than immediately kind of going with the stress or the pain or what have you. I think that internal reflection is something really beautiful where I think, and it sounds like for your dad, but for my mom before me, I think anytime there was a moment to be self-reflective, it was a dark place. And so Mm. let me have a drink, right? Let me self-soothe because I don't have the tools to work through the painful moment and process the old memory or process the old fear or the old belief Um, and unfortunately, because they didn't have those those tools, um, they looked to, to to darker things to help to help kind of quiet their minds. Um, yeah. Are there through the process of kind of working through this has it helped you understand? Like, has it been a a grieving layered grieving process with your dad? I'm sure that it's it's hard when someone that you love passes, especially if you've had a complex relationship with them. But are there ever moments where you're like, I've fully forgiven him? Or are there new things come up? What has that process been as you get further and further away from it?
1: Yeah, I love that question. Um, That's such a great question. So he's been gone now four years. um, And just it was just like two days ago. So I'm getting married in October. And I have put off asking my dad's brother, who's my godfather, to walk me down the aisle. Mm-hmm. And I put it off, and I knew I put it off because it was painful. And I was like, you know, I just really don't want to address this. Like, I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> and I avoided it, and I avoided it, and it finally came to a head. And my mom said something to me. She's like, you know, it's borderline rude at this point not to ask him because he needs to know what to wear. And I And I know where she was coming from. But at that moment, I felt struck, like I was just like, "How?" like, I I keep like, you don't understand how hard that is, you know, you don't understand, like, I don't want to going back to a child of an alcoholic, like you never want to inconvenience anybody else. And I often felt feel still have those feelings of like, I'm, I don't want to inconvenience somebody, you know, and to ask my dad's brother and like bring up that memory that he's not there, like, I feel horrible about that. And um and then I was also like what if he says no? Like that's a possibility and there was just so much going on with it. And in that moment I just looked up at the ceiling and I was like I hate you. Yeah. I hate you so much for this. And I hate you because I love you and I miss you. And it is in this process and in this journey that I have learned to be so vulnerable and honest with myself and my feelings that it's no longer just hatred, just like blind rage and hatred. It's, there's a reason I'm hating you right now. And it's because I love you and I miss you. And that, that one mindset shift, that one change really allowed me To feel so deeply into what I needed to feel, which was pain. And I knew that it was temporary. And so I allowed myself to just feel it wholeheartedly until it passed. And I cried my eyes out and I was just like puffy eyes the rest of the day. And but my day went on and I'm fine now. And I asked my uncle and he
0: said yes. And it was great. (laughs) I am so excited to finally announce what I am working on because it has been so hard not to talk about it. Today, Gold is brought to you by Live Media and I couldn't be more thrilled. Live is an app that will launch Christmas 2019. I have partnered with a team previously of Disney Pixar who want so deeply to use tech for good and we're using tech for great. I have a special VIP experience built out and planned for my Gold listeners. You guys have been on this journey with me, so I can't wait to introduce you to my baby. Through mindfulness and accountability offerings, including meditation, breath work, intentional living routines, challenges, and lifestyle coaching, Liv will provide you with the tools, community, and support you need to live your very best life, leveling up in every aspect. Live meets you where you are and grows with you. Each week, your Live Lab will be curated with talks, articles, meditations, visualizations, challenges, and support to help you move your goals forward in 90-day increments. At the end of 90 days, we will celebrate your accomplishments with you before assisting in selecting those goals you'd like to include in the next 90. Available to you at all times is a phone or chat session with an accountability coach, a master coach, or through an email submission to Dear Live so that we can support you every step of the way. Live is your lifestyle and productivity concierge a thoughtful guide and an intuitive coach to help you get out of your own way to create, to pay it forward because a healthy you today means a healthier world tomorrow. Gold listeners will receive a free 30-day VIP experience. That means access to all of the bells and whistles by using code GOLDVIP, all caps, at loveisviral.com Again, that is loveisviral.com code GOLDVIP in all caps. Join the movement.
1: Yeah, the rest of the day and, but my day went on and I'm fine now and I asked my uncle and he said yes and it was great, and
0: it was great. well congratulations <laughs> on the wedding and and the uncle saying yes and the <laughs> catharsis that you just went through purposely right you yeah. you committed to feel the pain which you needed to do and so many people are afraid to feel the feeling and a lot of times it's on the other side of that misery. As long as you don't sit in it, right? As long as you're willing to feel it so that you can move through it to get to the other side of it, recognizing at some point in time there's going to be another moment, whether it's the birth of a child or another you know, significant event or even a small event where you just have a memory. And that's the one thing that I have learned about grief and I have learned about trauma is that you'll, you're never... 100% perfect but you have better tools to get through them and it's almost like I think what you said was really beautiful like I hate you because I love you I'm allowed to have the complexity of emotion right yeah. I'm allowed to have both in one space and that's I think so far so much more honoring of the relationship that you had with your dad rather than just be like I'm mad I'm sulking I'm just going to be over here in a corner um, pretending like it doesn't bother me Um, so I think that that's really beautiful and I want to thank you for sharing that because that was a very vulnerable thing and I think that that's, that's the kind of conversation that I think helps people, especially what I've noticed is that whenever I have anyone on the show who talks about, um, addiction or mental health issues within their life or with family members, it's being able to put into words and formulate the feelings around what they're feeling and they can't exactly say just at this moment, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I do. And, and, and there's something else I want to say, I want to say on it and that's forgiveness. Um, because forgiveness is a tough one for so many of us and I have forgiven my dad, but the thing I want to say on that is the forgiveness does not equate to forgetting. And it also does not equate to, uh, saying, you know, that this was okay. It's never going to be okay. What he did, like how he treated me, how he treated my mom, how he treated himself and his body, like that's never going to be okay. And so you can still forgive and allow that not to be okay. The forgiveness is really just acknowledging that this was the reality of the situation and I'm choosing not to hold it anymore. And that's all forgiveness is. And so if there's somebody who's struggling with forgiveness, I I get it. And I think that it's also, it's very much like a grieving process. I think it's a layer by layer thing. I don't think that it's just like, I've forgiven you and everything's happy and kiss and make up. And like, sometimes you don't, sometimes you're like, no, I've forgiven you, but I need my distance from you. And I don't know if I'll ever come back, you know, like sometimes it's that. Um, and sometimes you, you know, you do have an instant, I forgive you and whatever but, um, I, that's so
0: important. I'm just like, yes, because I write about that in my book, how forgiveness is so incredibly layered and it's it's for you. But forgiveness doesn't mean that you relinquish boundaries and that you're like, I've forgiven you, so come be a bad actor in my life again, or that that behavior was justified or anything like that.
1: Yeah.
0: But I um I write about that because I think, I think forgiveness is so incredibly layered and it's not a one and done. And sometimes it's, a mantra and sometimes it's a prayer and sometimes it's an intention and sometimes you're be like I had an experience where I was so angry about a situation that not only could I not stop talking about it but I had like active anger and I was like this is so unhealthy for me so I actually hired a, a trainer who had like a boxing lineage and I was like I need you to create an aggressive um forgiveness practice for me that's physical And no one else in the gym knew what we were doing and like two mornings a week I would show up really early and she would tape me up and I would beat the ever-living hell out of some bags. Um, We would do uh, like use balls to throw at the ground and strike um, these poles to strike the air and things like that. So everything was almost like this really aggressive movement but I would visualize the thing that I was angry about while I was doing it until I was exhausted. So she would just stop counting me down because she knew I was in it and I was feeling it and I was mad. And then all of a sudden I was like, I can't carry this with me anymore. Right. So like I had to physically get it out of me because the letters had not worked. (laughs) The letters and the prayers. I was like, oh, I'm really mad at this person. Yeah. No, I mean, I, and
1: I, it's so funny you say that because I belong to a boxing gym and I started Muay Thai around the time that. You know, I was removed from my home and homeless if it weren't for my aunt and uncle who took me in um, because it was not safe to live there. And I was so filled with rage um, at the whole situation that I was like, I mean, I, like, I can't care. I physically can't carry this. I'm, I felt like I was just like almost like shaking just mm-hmm. all the time. Like, I was so angry. I was like, I have to get this out. And so, punching a bag really really helped and um and we do hold energy in our bodies and, and rage that's a very powerful emotion to hold and it will burn you if you don't let it out um yeah so good on you for recognizing that and like letting that out
0: Well, I think it's that self-awareness right like you learn yeah. you learn yourself so well that you know your bad behavior and I think that that's That's another part of it too is like you're talking about like you know now I'm starting to feel anxious and here are my tools. But I also recognize when I'm in a situation and I'm like I'm behaving badly. This doesn't feel like the energy that I want in my life or in my body or in my spirit and then I pick at it, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like what is that? What's going on under the surface? Is this something that I need to – work through, is this something I need to heal? What's the situation? And it's, it's. I don't know, I just, I feel like it's a journey, but I also feel like from the, the histories that you and I both come from, like it's a completely different generational story on, on the go forward. You know, like my daughter's going to be built with tools that she has to understand herself so much better so that we don't continue cycles um, of abuse or addiction. And we are aware of our mental health so yes. that we can talk through that and that's another thing like so my daughter and I were talking through um, feelings recently and I didn't even I wasn't even aware of the fact that she she, un- she I don't know how she got it but she came home one day and she said mommy why would Kate Spade kill herself and I wow. was like what and I don't know if she, had a, if she had heard something or was on the news or whatever and she knew Kate Spade because she'd seen like my, my cover for my iPhone case so it was Kate Spade. And she's like, I don't understand. And we talked about depression. We talked about mental health. And um, she, she's funny. She's like, I feel like emotions are colors and happy people are yellow and sad people are um, dark purple and angry people are red. And I was like, well, if you ever start to feel dark purple or if anyone in your life ever feels like dark purple... I want you to talk to me about that. She's like, that's because that uh, that Cat, Kate Spade lady. And I was like, she got the correlation. It was such a small little thing. She's eight years old. Um, oh but it was like, I'm like, okay, good. At eight years old, we're talking a little bit about what mental health looks like. She understands the situation with her grandmother. And so there is definitely a self-awareness um, that I think we haven't armed. Like, I wasn't armed with that. I just, everyone, when I was little, told me my mom was crazy. Um, mm-hmm. so I was a crazy equals bad. So we don't talk about these things and we hide them if we have them. And so mm-hmm. when I first started having anxiety attacks, I was embarrassed. And then finally I was like, I'm going to own it. And yeah. I'm so proud that I've seen like you and there's a bunch of influencers now out there in the world, um, who are saying like, I deal with anxiety. I suffer from anxious thoughts. Um, I saw someone recently write something about, I deal with suicidal ideation and I was like, good on you for actually saying it out loud because there are people who deal with things who don't have maybe the language or they're fear- fearful of coming forward because of what people might think.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. The shame is so, so heavy. And your daughter is amazing for associating color with... That's that's incredible and, like, amazing. And I love that so much. And thank you for sharing that with me. Um, I love that. And... Yeah, I think, oh my gosh, I think that just, there's, when I was growing up, it was like, you're not crying unless you're bleeding. Nothing's wrong with you. Suck it up. um, Your life is so much better than other people's. and And it was really just this complete annihilation of any sort of like, if you felt any other way other than that, you were wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and there was something wrong with you. Um, and that's how I internalize it. Because as kids, we have a very basic, unlike your daughter, <laughs> we have a very <laughs> basic um, t- association with things. So, like, if mom and dad are fighting over money, money equals bad. And then we store that away somewhere. And then we grow up and then we wonder why we have why we, we can't make more money. It's because money is bad and we don't want it, you know? And, and so there's, our brains make the most amazing associations and part of rewiring ourselves is to make positive, new positive associations until those neural pathways connect in a different way to get that same, um, chemical, you know, release. And so (laughs) that's that I'm totally like nerding out on that but you know if 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 we're like oh I need more serotonin and the last time I got that was in a negative way picking a fight with somebody our brains will automatically pick a fight with somebody because that's how we got it you know um and so remapping that takes a conscious effort every day. Like if I had stopped, and that's the other thing I had wanted to say was like, if I stopped doing all of my practices right now, if I stopped centering, if I stopped grounding, if I stopped taking a minute out of my day for meditation, if I stopped asking myself questions daily, well, why am I feeling tightness in my chest? Why am I feeling this way? Why do I want to do this? I would revert straight back to anxiety. Like this isn't something that just like snap, we've poof, we've magically become, quote unquote, better. Um, I think, you know, you can get quicker at at handling these things. But yeah, I think that it, it's a, it's a daily practice for the rest of our lives. And while something might work for us for a while, and then, you know, we grow out of it. Um, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think that it's a journey. And there's so much that we have to unlearn and relearn and if we can catch kids at a younger age while they're still learning these associations oh my gosh
0: it's so powerful yeah
1: and like, it- we, like we we would be so much be- we, we will be so much better off and i think there's so many people who are having children now who are like wait like feelings are important let's talk about these like Let's work this through. Um, and I'm so grateful for that.
0: I feel like everyone should watch Inside Out as soon as they get pregnant, <laughs> the, the movie about emotions. It's like, here, here's a manual on this. And we're going to talk about how to regulate emotions. And I love what you said, though, about it, it being tools for management. It doesn't mean you're you're good. It doesn't mean you're done. It doesn't mean that you've like, oh, I'm next level. I don't worry about that anymore. How lovely <laughs> if you could get there. But yeah, no, these yeah. are these are like daily tools and practices to help you manage um, something that you don't want to be your daily life. You don't want this in your daily life. So you you create things. And I think the the other side of it is not only does it help with that, but it also brings you so much more joy and creativity and opportunity to bring in better, stronger friendships because in the practice, not only are you maintaining your physiology and your remapping brain um, chemistry and all of that stuff, but you're also learning about what it means to have boundaries and what it means to have healthy friendships and what it means. So all of these things are interrelated when you create these practices. So you automatically are starting to move into richer, more beautiful relationships and ways of being and relating that I would never want to go back. Like I look at the way I lived for a, the, the, the first Portion of my life, and I I would never want to go back to that. And I just feel so much more powerful now. Even though I have those moments where it's like I'm off the rails for a minute, um, now I I find my way back relatively quickly. Um, what other is there any are there any tips or any suggestions you would have to anyone that's listening that's dealing with anxiety that just wants to start poking and prodding at a daily practice? Where would you have them start? Mm,
1: That's such a good question. It it's going to be different for everyone. Um, and so if you haven't seen a doctor and you feel like, you know, that's the, that's the route that like to do it, please. Um, because I think that, I think my dad need, would have needed medication truly. Like, I don't think that he could have done it without medication. Um, however, then there's me who that was never even an option. They, they never nobody ever was like, Oh, you should take some anxiety. meds." so I never did. And I found, I found a different way and it worked for me. Um, but that would be like, my first step would be like, okay, like if you have, I hope you have the ability and the means to do so, like seek expert help, Mm -hmm. um, and maybe just get an opinion, um, or two or three or four. I, I prefer to get more opinions than just one, but, um, and then, if you really want to start, get curious. Every time something comes up, get so curious. Monitor your body. Something that I did when I was when I didn't know it was anxiety was I was writing down everything I ate because I thought I had a food allergy. But really, what it taught me was how to recognize when I felt tightness in my chest, when I felt tightness in my stomach, because I was so hyper aware of what my body was doing at all times. And our bodies do talk. So, so keep tabs, you know, if you're feeling any sort of racing heartbeat, where are you? What's going on? Um, take an inventory check. Did you just run into something triggering or, you know, for me, like it was, it was dark rooms and I had no idea why, um, until I, my body kind of tensed up and I was like, oh, Okay, dark rooms is a thing. We'll we'll take a look at that. Um and that and that that's so helpful. That right there and just getting curious. And then on top of that, look into if if you're a journaler, like if you're a journaler, definitely journal. Be I I'm a journaler and it has helped me immensely because I am able to work through those questions and those um, ponderings of like what's going on. If you're not, that's okay. Um, You might be able to find somebody to talk to. I have known so many people to go to um, Al-Anon for, you know, the families. um, And it's worked beautifully for them. And for me, it didn't work. But I wasn't in a place where it could work. I was still very much like, you don't cry. You don't, you know, back in the day. So, um, or a therapist. Uh, if you have the means to do so and then on top of that like if you feel comfortable um, or if there's somebody not if you feel comfortable because it's always uncomfortable to ask for help but talk to a friend excuse me or a family member uh, that's supportive and that you feel comfortable with Um, and then from there also like there's so many resources on breath work, like free resources on breath work, free resources on meditation, like guided meditations that are free, um, and play with those and just absorb as many tools as you can until you find the ones that really stick and work for you. Um, because it's, it's going to be so different for everyone. So, uh, also I found that listening to podcasts with people who've had similar experiences as me. Um, it just helps me not feel so alone because there are days when you feel like, Oh man, like Mm -hmm. isolated, you know? And so I think a a key, there's a key factor to all of this. That's seeking out other people who are going through it so that you feel that sense of community and belonging. Um, and that gives you the strength to, to keep exploring, keep going on and, um, don't get too discouraged. If one thing doesn't work, there's something else that will.
0: I love that. There's so many great free resources too. Um, like insight timer is an app that has a ton of really beautiful meditations. Um, they have like 25,000 free meditations. So, um, there's, there's so many ways to find, um, practices, find your way to practice, but I love what you're basically telling someone is it's kind of self-exploration and being willing to put your hand up and reach across and be like, okay, I could I could use some help, I'm tired of carrying this alone. And um, I love journaling and free writing, I feel like it is such a beautiful way to kind of uncover some of those unconscious beliefs that you have about yourself. Or the barriers that are keeping you between you and that calm mentality that you would like to have. Um, so I mm. love all of those things. Based on your, your kind of life experience and the trajectory and how things have, have played out, if you were to look back at a younger version of yourself, what age would she be and what advice would you have for her?
1: Mm. Such a good question. There's so many, there's so many ages that I wish I could just give myself a hug and be like, well, it doesn't matter what age, cause I'd say the same thing. So let's go with 15. I would give her a big hug and I would tell her <clears throat> that no matter what life throws at her, she's going to be okay. Mm. And... She's going to be okay because she has everything she needs in her heart and in her soul to make it through.
0: That's what I'd say. That's beautiful. I've had so many people talk about like how they're. it's going to be okay, but I love that kind of like looking within. All Everything you need is within you. You have yeah. it.
1: A 15-year-old me would be so irritated by that. <laughs> She'd be like, that's so esoteric. Yeah, like what does that even mean? And I and I've explored that a lot. Like, what does it mean? Like, follow your heart. What does that even mean? Right. Like, what does it mean, you know? Um, but what it really means is that you have to get quiet long enough to hear it. Um, and and you're not gonna do that by running on empty. <laughs> you're not gonna do that by listening to all of the outside noise you have to you have to come back to center and come come home to yourself you're never going to be happy until you come home to yourself anyway so Mm.
0: that's um, so powerful yeah that's so powerful and I wonder where we lose ourselves because I feel like when kids are born like they're very aware of what they need (laughs) and then at some point in time we stop listening to our own voice and we have to kind of muddle the way back so I think that that's really powerful if you were to look back um and say you were, you were done with this lifetime and you were moving on and you wanted to leave behind um, some gold nuggets of wisdom or inspiration for the people you were leaving behind or the next generation, what would it be?
1: I love this question. It's such a good question. The first thing that came up is something that I say often, but something that I think can always be reiterated, and that is that you are enough as you are. You don't have to change. You don't have to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. You're you're enough as you are, and sit with that and really think about what that means.
0: The darkness and the light. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your gold with us. If people are interested in finding you, where could they go?
1: I hang out mostly on Instagram. You can find all of the other avenues: the the Facebook group, um, the podcast. That the facebook group is about and belongs to um so my instagram handle is jenna j-e-n-n-a dot like a little period monaco m-o-n-a-c-o like the country so that's where i'm that's where i hang out come find me come talk to me i love uh, it yeah i'll talk your ear off about just about anything. Honestly, I love talking. So
0: <laughs> I love your content. You have great content and you can tell it comes from a really pure place. So I want to thank you for being on the show and for sharing, um, your story with us and your, your gold. And just, I really appreciate you.
1: Oh, I appreciate you too. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a gift. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today. I love Jenna's bravery. She tackles the conversation of mental health head on and reminds us that the only way out is through. We have to remove stigma, speak openly, and ask for help when we need it. You can find Jenna on Instagram at jenna.monaco. And don't forget to check out her podcast, Spark Intention. As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. Gold listeners, don't forget to sign up for your 30 day live VIP experience at loveisviral.com code GOLDVIP in all caps. Get deep in the work with me to uncover your messaging before you pass it on to your children or the people you influence. Pick up my new book, Lower Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, available on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, love each other every day.